0: Coming up on this episode of the Doctor's Pharmacy, when somebody's eating too many of the refined and processed carbs, too much sugar, too many of those coffee drinks with sugar in it, you know, uh, juices, uh, sodas, refined and processed oatmeal,s um, you know, cereals, and you know, pastas and breads and and muffins and you know, those foods that. Um, we've been we've been grabbing too much of um, for some people with some genetics that can really throw off this whole system in their body.
1: Hey everybody, it's Dr. Mark. With winter in full swing, I find myself searching for warm and nourishing meals that can fit pretty easily into my busy schedule. I love to cook. And this time of year, most of my go-to recipes are soups, broths, and stews, but sometimes I just don't have enough time to whip up something homemade. And that's why I love the bone broth from Kettle and Fire. Their broths are crafted by world-class chefs for incredible flavor and quality. They only use grass-fed and grass-finished bones with zero artificial ingredients and preservatives. Bone broth is an amazing way to use food as medicine. It's rich in collagen, protein, and other amino acids that benefit everything from gut health, to skin, to joints, and even the immune system. Making bone broth at home takes about eight hours, which isn't always that realistic. So, I love that with the shelf-stable cartons from Kettle and Fire, I can constantly have bone broth to heat and sip in just a couple of minutes. You might be thinking all broth tastes the same, but bone broth from Kettle and Fire actually comes in a bunch of delicious flavors like turmeric ginger, mushroom chicken, and classic beef. If you've been struggling to clean up your diet for the new year or even to cut back on your coffee intake, reaching for some bone broth is a super healthy and satisfying way to do both. Right now, you can get 25% off Kettle and Fire bone broth plus free shipping with the code HYMAN. Just head over to kettleandfire.com forward slash HYMAN. That's kettleandfire.com slash HYMAN. Right now, more than ever, we need a strong immune system. And that is why I'm offering my eight-part sleep masterclass free to my entire community. If you want to get access to my free course and reclaim your sleep, go to drhyman.com forward slash sleep and sign up today free. That's drhyman.com forward slash sleep. Welcome to The Doctor's Pharmacy. I'm Dr. Mark Hyman. That's Pharmacy with an F-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, a a place for conversations that matter. And today's conversation is going to matter a lot because it's a special house call episode with Dr. Elizabeth Oham talking about something called PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a super common affliction that affects women that causes all sorts of misery from infertility to acne to facial hair to loss of hair on their head and weird periods and it's just a miserable problem that affects millions and millions of women and traditional medicine just doesn't do a great job at this. So we're gonna get into it today and talk about this problem. So welcome, welcome Liz. Thank you, Mark, it's great to be with you. All right, well let's get into it because this is such a common problem. How many people does it affect?
0: It's amazing, five to 10% of women are impacted by PCOS. Five to ten percent of women—that's a lot of women.
1: I mean, listen: if half the population of America is three hundred thirty million, if that's the population, half of that's like a hundred and let's say sixty-five million. Yep. Uh, And ten percent of that's like sixteen million people. That's a lot of people. Yeah,
0: and you know, it is PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome is a syndrome that. That is um, involves irregular periods or not having any periods and androgen excess or changes in your hormone balance, but it is a syndrome. So that means that there's a continuum where some people have all aspects of PCOS and some people just have some aspects of PCOS, and we can talk more about that. But but so so there there may even be. There may even be more than this, yeah. you know, that we don't we're not even picking up. It's it's quite common and it's definitely something we're thinking about all the time when somebody's coming in and complaining about irregular periods or not having had their period for a bunch of months you know, a young woman that should be having regular, you know, periods. And then you really heavy
1: periods, they can miss periods, they can yes. light periods. What are the other symptoms that are pretty common?
0: Yeah. So um we see uh hertzutism, which is the growth of hair. That sounds
1: terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the growth of hair where women don't want to have it. So um on their on their lip, on their chin, on their abdomen, like in their belly um, area. So the hair is growing where they where they don't want to have it. And then they they may have hair loss uh, where they want to have hair so they may have some male pattern hair loss Um, they get acne and typically so
1: basically they're they're losing hair where they don't want to lose it and they're getting hair where they don't want it and it's because of these high levels of male hormones yes like dhea and testosterone that end up causing basically this male appearance almost
0: yeah, their 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 hair their hair growth shifts because their hormones shift, and so their, you see the
1: bearded women in the circus. That's what this is, right?
0: Yes. Well, they they some of them may have had some other things going on too, <laughs> <laughs> to an extreme, right? But um, but yes, in general, yeah, this is you know you're you're starting to grow hair where you don't want it, and and not having good hair where you on the top of your head where you want it, and all because all because there's been a real shift in your hormone balance in your body. And so when you check, when we actually check, we see high levels, like you mentioned, of that DHEA in the blood. We may see high testosterone levels or high free testosterone levels. And um, so, so those are some of the biomarkers that will show up when you look.
1: Yeah, and you also get acne, bad acne.
0: Bad acne, yeah. And a lot of times, like in the, the lower jaw jaw area, acne, um, and, uh, and sometimes cystic Acne, um, so uh, and then they'll they'll often gain weight. Now, not everybody with PCOS is overweight. Mm. Um, we have there's a lot of women, and um, uh, we can even talk more about that today. There's a lot of women who who don't who don't have the obesity part of it, and they they're just dealing with irregular periods but for a good portion of women with PCOS they gain weight because of the high levels of insulin that are going on so you know if they have high levels of insulin floating around so when with PCOS typically there is high levels of insulin and we've talked about insulin so many times yeah. on this podcast and you've talked about it many times you know but that insulin is that hormone that helps us balance our blood sugar. So you eat a meal, the body makes insulin, that insulin tells your body to take your food and get it into your muscles so it can be used for energy. And what happens when somebody has insulin resistance is their body's not listening to that insulin as well. And they've got high levels of insulin. And that that high level of insulin will cause people to gain weight around the belly. And so we often see with PCOS that weight gain around the belly, that belly weight.
1: Yeah. So um, this sounds like a miserable condition. You get pimples, you lose hair on your head, you grow a beard, you are infertile, your periods are all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, This just sounds terrible. And and traditional medicine has very kind of weird approach to it. Because the way I think about it is that it's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, which makes people think it's a gynecological problem, but it's actually a dietary problem. Right, right,
0: right. It's often a dietary problem, and you know it's not it's not always dietary, which is so mm. interesting, yeah. right because we're you know we're learning about how um, toxins from the environment like BPA and plastics, and we were learning about the microbiome and how that can be a trigger. Um, yeah. so there are other and there's so toxins and 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 dysbiosis or imbalance in the microbiome are are common
1: to- things that we toxins see toxins can cause insulin resistance absolutely and the microbiome imbalances can cause insulin resistance and prediabetes so yes. it's all it's all connected it's all right?
0: connected and you're right and a huge portion of people it's it's dietary as well you know where they're um uh, but i think it's important to remember it's not always that right yes. but 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 there's a huge portion of people where they're um just eating too many carbohydrates too many refined and processed carbohydrates for their body Mm -hmm. so you know or for anybody's body um but but those high levels of refined and processed carbohydrates really can be a trigger for this insulin resistance and weight gain and then that insulin resistance shifts the hormone balance and then you get this imbalance in hormones and you get the high androgens or testosterone and dhea and then the periods get irregular so, but interestingly, as a syndrome, it can, it can be, it's important that we pay attention to that individual person because it's very different. You know, you may have 10 women in a room with PCOS and you may have 10 really different reasons for yeah. why they have PCOS. No, well, that goes to They're the really not medicine. all the same. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really an interesting aspect for, for functional medicine doctors right. to I mean, that on. just
1: speaks to the whole approach of functional medicine, which is because, you know, the name of your disease, it doesn't mean you know what's wrong with you. Right. Absolutely. It's just a description of the symptoms, but not the cause. And so functional medicine is about the cause. It's about why, not what, not what disease you have PCOS, but why do you have that? Right. And traditional medicine, the symptoms are treated symptomatically. So what 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 are the traditional treatments that you see regular doctors giving for PCOS? Yeah, so
0: often women will be placed on birth control pills because if they're if they're having irregular periods or they're skipping their period, many times the physician will put them on birth control pills because it will regulate their cycle. Um, they'll put them maybe on metro. Um, sorry, metformin because metformin improves insulin sensitivity. It's a
1: diabetes drug.
0: Yeah. So and then that can many times help with the weight gain. It sometimes helps with the the acne and the hair growth or hair loss um and they'll often put them on spironolactone which is another medication that helps with balancing the hormones and can help with some of the symptoms yeah,
1: it's a diuretic and it just blocks the conversion of testosterone to the kind that really causes the hair loss yeah called dht but it's it's really fascinating but it but it really doesn't speak to addressing the root causes. So from a functional medicine perspective, what are the root causes for PCOS and how do we start to deal with these?
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned already, diet is huge. Diet is has a huge impact when somebody's eating too many of the refined and processed carbs, too much sugar, too many of those coffee drinks with sugar in it, you know, uh, juices, uh, sodas, refined and processed oatmeal,s um, you know, cereals and, you know, pastas and breads and and- Muffins, and, you know, those foods that um we've been we've been grabbing too much of um for some people with some genetics that can really throw off this whole system in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, another big common area are toxins. I see yeah. this a lot. Yeah. I see a lot of I think, is, is toxin related. We know genetics plays a huge role here. We also know that when what women are exposed to, um, as a fetus, when they're, when what has happening to their mom is really when their mom's pregnant with the with them, um, that really impacts their hormone balance and their metabolism, uh, later in life. So what
1: the mom's eating, yes. she's at Dunkin' Donuts all day and
0: What's fascinating with You're eating the frapamocha
1: latte right? you know, all day long with more sugar than three cans of Coke? I mean, yeah, people don't realize that.
0: Yeah, so when they're pregnant with their baby, it's really important that they're paying attention to what they're eating because if they're gaining too much weight or eating too many refined carbs or not gaining enough weight, mm. it's kind of interesting. So if they're if they're if they're not gaining enough weight or they're gaining way too much weight or they're eating too many refined and processed carbs and sugars, that really throws off the the fetus, that baby's metabolism. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we tell the, the, the our patients, you can just blame it on your mom. <laughs> we call it epigenetics,
1: which in you know, the genes get tagged and messages yes. of, uh, you know, Jeff Bland's called the book of life and where the bookmarks are in the book of life, you've got this whole genetic code, but not, not all of it gets read, but you can bookmark different aspects of it depending on what exposures you've had. And this ha- we know this from lots of research on epigenetics, that what the mother does, what she eats, what she's exposed to, her thoughts, feelings, all those tag the baby's genes for what happens to them in the future and whether they get diabetes or heart disease or cancer or obesity. Yep. I mean, it's all programmed, but that doesn't mean it's not fixable. It, Absolutely. It, you, know, you can
0: Great point. actually
1: modify your gene expression. And that's what functional medicine is all about, is changing the environment then the big picture of the environment, meaning your diet, lifestyle, toxins, et cetera, et cetera, how all of those inputs affect your gene expression is what functional medicine is about. It's about modifying your your lifestyle and your environment to influence your genes, to change your health in every aspect.
0: Yeah, Uh, so for some people it's harder for them than others, like some people come in and they're like, "It's just not fair. I have to be so much more careful than my friend Susie, right?" And and it's true, you know, yeah. because it 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 there are some it sucks. people. <laughs> yes, there are some people that have to be so much more careful with their diet. I mean, we all should be eating a healthy diet, but some people have to be more careful with the carbohydrates than others. Yeah,
1: I would say you know there are uh, a few people who are. Better adapted to higher carbohydrate diets, and mm-hmm. and there are a few. Yeah. <laughs> I know a few of them, and those are the ones who stay skinny eating anything. But when you look at the fact that eighty eight percent of Americans are metabolic unhealthy, almost nine out of ten of us mm-hmm. have some degree of insulin resistance. Yeah, you know that should get our attention. It's 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 probably the majority of us who don't do well with a lot of starch and sugar. Yep. And there's a continuum, right? Some can do Absolutely. more, some can do less. Some are look at a bagel and they gain weight, yep. literally, because they are think about it and their insulin goes up and they put all the fat <laughs> on their bodies. I want to jump back to something you quickly talked about, which is toxins. And I want yes. you to explain how environmental toxins and what toxins influence hormones and influence insulin resistance. Because you know, both of those things are going on with PCOS, And I think it's something people don't understand. Yeah, Um,
0: you know, this was impacting men more than women, but we realized in Agent Orange, right? So when men were exposed, there may have been a few women, I don't really know how many women went to Vietnam, probably not very many, right? Not too many. Not too many. So when um, they were exposed to Agent Orange um, in Vietnam, they had a much higher rate, they have a much higher rate of getting diabetes with less weight gain, right? So that's when we started to say, oh, this is interesting. There's a real interesting connection between toxins in the environment and our metabolism and our weight,
1: and then we get diabetes, and they get also diabetes. Got Agent Orange exposure yes. had lots more diabetes,
0: lots more diabetes at less weight gain. So you know, um, you know, for I'm just going to make this up here, make up some numbers, but just so people understand, they may have only had to gain ten pounds or twenty pounds to get type two diabetes, where a typical American maybe was gaining fifty pounds before they got type two diabetes. Right, you know, just on for an example. So they were getting type two diabetes. At, with less weight gain meaning that there was more to it than just the weight gain right and that's when we, we realized that the that these toxins were damaging uh probably the mitochondria right so yeah. um, those that, that powerhouse of your cells um we also know bpa that plastic that's been this really well a. yeah really well studied to show there's a connection with insulin resistance yes. you know we know we've known for a long time about the connection with breast cancer bpa um but there's also this connection with insulin resistance and weight gain so that hard plastic um they it's they use bpa in the lining of cans or on receipts baby
1: bottles baby i know right yeah when you get your credit card receipt your gas station receipt the people Mm -hmm. say join your receipt." i'm like no thanks (laughs) okay i'm like you take it because i i don't want to constantly expose myself gets absorbed through the skin yeah yeah
0: so you know we realized that this toxin caused weight gain, insulin resistance, and and I'm sure there's a lot of other toxins mm. that we haven't even you know figured out yet yeah, that are true. really influencing. Well,
1: pretty much all the petrochemical toxins, all mm-hmm. the plastics and all the fossil fuel-derived toxins are endocrine disruptors. And yes. I read way back when we were at Canyon Ranch, I read a book called Our Stolen Future by Theo Colburn, which was about the ways in which these environmental toxins were disrupting reproductive health of animals and humans and Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god and so what's going on is that these are not just uh, one exposure so you're not just exposed to bpa you're exposed to literally hundreds of these in our daily life through our modern living and there are ways to reduce it and i think the environmental working group has a great resource for finding out what household products skincare products cleaning products you know are uh, food products that you can eat that are not going to be full of these chemicals and you just go to ewg.org so that's important so let's talk now about the gut because yes. most people don't really think that your hormones are connected to your gut microbiome but it's incredibly connected.
0: Fascinating. It's so fascinating, but they've been they've shown that there's certain types of molecules from the gram negative bacteria in our gut. So if the microbiome, if all of those trillions of bacteria are out of balance and there's an overgrowth of some unhealthy bacteria in our in our gut that the they have these gram negative bacteria have something on them called LPS or lipopolysaccharides that these things can then these uh, components can get into the body and they've shown that this can trigger this insulin resistance in our um, in our body so that people when they have higher levels of these abnormal bacteria will have more insulin resistance
1: that's absolutely right so you know we we we, there's a name for this we call it metabolic endotoxemia which is a fancy way of saying that the poison crap in your gut leaks into your bloodstream and your immune system goes ah and starts creating an inflammatory response which then affects your insulin sensitivity. So anything that causes inflammation, right? Anything, stress, bad food, toxins, infections, microbiome nastiness, all that can drive inflammation that can cause insulin resistance. Yes. So you don't have to even be eating sugar, right? But if your gut's a mess for various reasons, then you have to fix the gut. And also, um, there's a lot of effect on on insulin resistance but there's also other effects in the gut around the kind of bacteria that are there and how they affect your metabolic processing of estrogens and other hormones so yes. it's really important to eat the right kinds of fiber and the right kinds of foods and to feed your microbiome and your inner garden so we've talked about a lot of things we talked about diet we have talked about stress we have talked about environmental toxins we've talked about the gut microbiome um, all these things play a role and so the job of a functional medicine doctor is to dig down and figure these things out. So how do we begin to assess these? Uh, you know, and and I want to share, I want you to share a little bit about some cases, but how do we assess? Because it seems like a lot of stuff that you go to the endocrinologist or the gynecologist, they're not like looking at your poop. They're not right. measuring your toxin levels. They're not looking necessarily at insulin resistance very well. What, what do we look at that's so different here at the Ultra Wellness Center and through the lens of functional medicine?
0: I mean, I think that's what's critical about about functional medicine. And what we do is, is we get a really good detailed history. And that gives us a lot of information. So when we take the time to get to know our patient and get all of the history of their life, their timeline of their of their life, what things have happened to them, what, what illnesses they've had, what disruptions they've had, what exposures they've had, what other things are going on in their body, that really impacts where we go and what we choose to look for. So you get a really good history first and foremost, and then that informs you what you want to test, you know, you could, you could test everything, Mm. but you know, this ends up being a lot of tests. So what's important is to get a really good history. So, you know, where to really focus. Mm. So for one person, it may be, I really got to look at their gut microbiome. I've got to figure, they've got this sort of history. I think that might be an area that we really have to focus on. I want to look at what those, the balance of the good and bad bacteria are. I want to see if they have maybe some of these lipopolysaccharide components that may be triggering inflammation and insulin resistance, or maybe somebody else You know, you've got a sense based on their history and some of their other symptoms that it's more toxin related Um, or somebody else. It may be, you know, more lifestyle related. And and you've got to just really focus more on on breaking that cycle of of craving those carbohydrates, because what happens for a lot of people is it becomes a vicious cycle. Right. They grade that they eat the carbohydrates, the real refined processed carbohydrates, their insulin goes up but then they they end up Cra- they gain some weight, then they crave more and more of them and it becomes this vicious cycle that gets out of hand. And yeah. I think that's that's important. To yeah, it's so important. To.
1: And we, we we really, you know, don't just look at the hormone levels, which a typical endocrinologist or GYMO, we look at mm-hmm. those too, but because they're very helpful and informative to look at the testosterone levels, DHT, and look at yep. DHEAS and all kinds of things that we look at. But we also do looking at toxin load or looking at the microbiome we're looking at nutrient levels or looking at yeah. insulin resistance in, in ways that may not be looked at. So tell us about the first Patient you had who was 20 and she had these really irregular periods and acne and bad digestive issues. Um how did that all get started for her?
0: Right. So, so she was 20 when she came to see me and she was frustrated with her um she was frustrated with her acne. She was frustrated with her digestion. And her she her periods were kind of all over the place. Um she had a lot of ear infections as a child. So she was. She was put on antibiotics, and then ended up getting a lot of recurrent ear infections, and more antibiotics, and more antibiotics, and um, and so I think that really just set the stage for her microbiome to be out of balance. And then when she she started having her period when she was fourteen, it never was regular. So from day one, she had an irregular cycle. So always, you know, one month it be six weeks, and then two or three weeks and then she'd skip a month and then, you know, she'd be eight weeks between periods. So always irregular. And um, and then as, a, you know, I'm not really that surprised just having done this for so long, but she also then at, in puberty developed a lot of acne. Mm. So, you know, probably because of some of the shifts in the microbiome in her young, young years, and then, you know, just a, all of these things going on. And you see that a lot. She, you see kids, you see know, kids, a lot. lot of
1: ear infections, Maybe she's eating dairy, which commonly can cause a lot of congestion. Mm -hmm. They throw the antibiotics at the kids, and then they get a little older. Then they start getting gut issues, and they start getting acne and other things. So it's all connected.
0: Yeah. So what we did is, you know, because of her digestive issues and her acne and her irregular periods, I said, you know, I'm really curious about her digestive system. I really wonder what's going on in there. And, you know, could this be the driver of her insulin resistance? And so we did a test that looks at antibodies against different components of in the digestive system. And one of the things it looks at is these lipopolysaccharides, which are on these gram negative bacteria, which is we, as we talked about, has been shown to trigger- These are bacterial insulin, toxins, essentially. Yeah, the insulin resistance. And when we did that test on her, she had really high levels, which means that her levels were high enough to get into the body to trigger this-, this these antibody uh, levels to occur. So um, we also did a stool test and the stool test we showed, it showed that she had an imbalance. She didn't have enough of the good bacteria. She had an overgrowth of some unwanted bacteria. So she had this dysbiosis. And um, so I said, you know what, this is where we've got to start. This is where we got to focus to help both your skin, well actually all uh, your skin, your digestive system and your cycles, your periods. We did. We did see when we did hormone testing that um, she had signs of, of PCOS. She had some high level of DHEA, and her testosterone was a little bit high. And her uh, there was a her LH FSH ratio was off. So we did see some signs on hormone testing that 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 she had some PCOS going on. So um, so,
1: so Liz, when um, you treated her, you also took her off dairy. Yes. And and I want you to talk a little bit about why dairy is bad both for hormones and insulin resistance and acne cuz she had all these problems.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as as you can imagine, dairy is dairy products, both milk and cheese and dairy products coming from a cow are full of hormones, you know, the those that that cow to make cow's milk is um has a lot of hormones floating around those hormones get into the milk even if it's organic yeah yeah and so and there's um, more
1: in ones that aren't organic yes there's like 60 different hormones in milk
0: yeah and so and some people are very sensitive to those hormones and um they will cause uh acne production they will um they will cause uh more acne more more and then of course people are, are A lot of people are sensitive to dairy, so it can cause a lot of digestive unrest and digestive issues.
1: And what's also interesting to me is that when you look at people consume dairy, dairy will spike insulin pretty high. Yes. A 300% increase in insulin consuming dairy, which I was sort of surprised at when I looked at the literature.
0: Especially the lower fat dairy, right? Because that, you know, and so for so long we were going to the lower fat And then we were going maybe to the lower fat chocolate milk in school, right? You know all those things that were spiking insulin.
1: And I would say for women with hormonal issues, um, I think dairy's got to go for most of them to start at least to see how it affects them. Because absolutely, you know whether it's irregular cycles or whether it's PCOS or whether it's acne, whatever is going on, I think it's it's an incredibly hormonally disruptive food for so many people. And a lot of people can tolerate it fine, but if you got problems, you got to start thinking about what you got to cut out.
0: And I think what is really helpful a lot of times at the beginning, when you're dealing with, when you have a lot of things going on and you're not sure how food's impacting you, sometimes to do a full elimination of a food or a group of foods is really helpful because it gives you a lot of feedback. So sometimes if you just sort of cut down, you don't really go, I'm not really eating much dairy. And and I get that all the time. I don't really.
1: After dinner. (laughs) No, I, I agree. It's like, it's hard for people to understand that you know a little bit can do a lot of damage and the way i explain yeah. it to people is think about like a, a peanut allergy mm-hmm. sometimes if you're like just exposed to peanut dust you can get an anaphylactic reaction right that's how powerful your immune system it responds to microscopic doses yeah right so i think i think that's important to remember so what happened with this her young woman, you treated her?
0: Yeah. So because we found this dysbiosis or imbalance in good and bad bacteria, we needed to get rid of the dysbiosis. So we used an herbal combination to treat that. Um, We also gave her a lot of good probiotics and prebiotics, the things that feed the good probiotics. Mm-hmm. And we took her off of dairy. We also, um, we also, we did more of a comprehensive elimination diet at the beginning. So yeah. we took her off of dairy, but we we also removed gluten and um, a lot of other inflammatory foods and really focused on a phytonutrient rich diet. And I think sometimes we we don't think about how powerful that can be, right? Those phytonutrients, those components from our plant foods, that uh, have amazing qualities in our health from lowering inflammation to helping detoxification to helping the process of elimination of our hormones that we want to eliminate, yeah. you know, so they really are powerful. And so when you help people get those eight to 12 servings of phytonutrients, which come from your, your vegetables, um, some fruits, some- um, Nuts uh, and seeds. Yes, spices, teas, yeah. really that can be really powerful. For the body,
1: yeah. So um, it's, it's not just about what you eliminate; it's what you, it's what you add. That's very true. Yeah, I like to. I want like to change the name. Call it the addition diet. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: I like that. Um, so, so that was very powerful for her. Um, we also added in some inositol, a combination product that has some myo inositol and d-chiro inositol, which actually helps improve insulin sensitivity. Mm. So, um, so we did this for a while as well. You know, it, it can help improve the cell signaling in the body and improve how the insulin works. Um, we also really repleted some deficiency, deficiencies she had. She was low in D vitamin D, which we know is important for insulin sensitivity. Yes. We and and we she was low in vitamin A, which is important for skin. She was low in uh, omega three fats, yeah. which is really anti inflammatory. So we we replaced a lot of the deficiencies that we found as well.
1: It's amazing. And then what happened?
0: Well, you know what was great because her digestion improved. That was the first thing that got better. And then her skin it got better. And then uh, after a few months, her periods just started to really get regular for her. Yeah, I mean
1: it's just so. Just so inf- I, and I get honestly, Liz, I get so angry because. Um, and doing functional medicine for so many years, people suffer so needlessly from mm-hmm. problems that do have solutions. And it's yes. not rocket science. It's not like we need to know some great new discovery in medicine. We we understand biology enough now using the lens of functional medicine and systems biology, uh, which is now gaining more traction and people are becoming more aware of it. But it's, it's just so disheartening to me that it takes so long for people to, to get access. And I, I think I want to just sort of end with a, with a case, a, a short case study uh, that you had of a woman who had infertility. Yes. Because this is a f- problem that affects one in seven women. We've covered it before on the podcast. But I think I want to dig into this particular cause because it is one of the most common causes and also easily remedied. And I can't tell you how many women that I've treated personally, I know sure you have, who have this problem and you fix it and then they get pregnant.
0: Oh, yes, we see it all the time. It's phenomenal. So this woman was thirty four, and she came to see me because she was trying to get pregnant. and she had been trying for for um, three, four, four, plus years, I think, and um, had not gotten pregnant yet. and her periods were really irregular. And you know, she was thirty four, so she was getting closer to that age where she was getting really concerned about the fact. That she hadn't gotten pregnant yet, and um, she also noted that over the last few years she had been she had gained some weight. She was about twenty pounds overweight. Most of that weight gain was around her belly, which was making her frustrated. You know, and and she didn't really feel like she was um, doing much different anymore. She also had to get some laser therapy done. So to remove the hair on her chin and on her belly. So she had had some laser therapy done and she was also struggling with acne. She was on birth control pills from the age of 17 to 29 to really regulate her period.
1: But when I hate that, I hate that Mm -hmm. when I hear that sentence, Oh, my doctor put me on the pill to regulate my period. I'm like, well, why is it irregular? And let's, Figured that out instead of just slapping you on the birth control pill, which is not side effect free.
0: Right. No, it's not. No. And so, but when she went off of the birth control pills, um, her periods were irregular since then and she developed a bunch of acne. So, you know, she really came in to really for us to help her with her fertility. And so we did testing and we found that her testosterone level was high. Her DHEA was high. Her LHFSH ratio was off and her insulin, her fasting insulin was really high. So her fasting insulin was 13 and, um, you know, we really want that to be like five. Yeah. So it was really, it was high. And to me that signaled, okay, that, that this was an area that, you know, she's got insulin resistance, she's got PCOS, and that's really what's driving all of these things that she's mm. dealing with. Mm. And so when I got her diet history, which she filled out when she came to see me, you know, she said, you know, she was she was trying to eat healthy. She, um, she was having oatmeal for breakfast. You know, she was having that refined oatmeal that so many people are eating, thinking it's healthy, right? Sandwich for lunch. And at, at dinner, she'd have some pasta with some chicken or vegetables on it. Um, and so that's really where we focused. We really worked to lower that carbohydrate intake for her. Mm. We pulled away the those extra refined and processed carbs. The oatmeal
1: you think is healthy. You're having a breakfast but yeah. it was not so healthy for someone like that.
0: No, and especially a lot of the oatmeals out there, you know, and the way that we eat them. Like if we're if we're eating um, a bowl of oatmeal with not a lot of other stuff in it, there's none of the, you know, good healthy fats and and protein to balance that blood sugar. Right, so if, you know you can have some you can have some steel a small amount of steel cut oats with a lot of you know uh, nuts and um uh, maybe some coconut milk and um and 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 that can you you know for some people that can be a healthy breakfast, but for her, that's not how she was eating her oatmeal and it mm. was it was spiking her blood sugar yeah. and it wasn't helping with her with her weight it no. wasn't feel making her feel satiated and satisfied They're hungry and it probably. was yeah so. She- so what did you do? So we really, you know, food first with her. We we put her on the vegan diet, right? You know, we pulled away the um, the re- extra refined carbs. We said, we when you're getting your carbohydrates, we want them to come from vegetables. You know, that's where you're going to be getting most of your carbohydrates from, from the greens and
1: the-, the Broccoli is a carbohydrate. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It's a wonderful, healthy carbohydrate, you know. And, um, and uh, really rich in all those phytonutrients, we worked to balance her blood sugar. So she had a good protein source and fat source at every meal. Mm. And, um, and we got her exercising, you know, she had really kind of just, she was really focusing more on the fertility and working and had kind of like let that go. So we got her on a good exercise program, both that included uh, some, some high intensity interval training and some good cardiovascular exercise and strength training. She was, a, she was a healthy woman. So we just had to get her moving again more intensely. And, um, and within, you know, within a few months, three months or so, she, she lost that extra 20 pounds, her periods regulated, and she got pregnant.
1: That's so. unbelievable. So basically, you know, these are people who go to fertility doctors, spend tens of thousands of dollars. And what you're saying is all you do is take a good history mm-hmm. and get all the starch and crap out of her diet and sugar, got her moving a little bit. She lost 20 pounds, her cycle's regulated, and she got pregnant. I I, I wish uh, it was this easy for, for most people. Some people it's a little more complicated, but You'd be surprised at how many people just following this simple approach can make a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, there was a book by one of the top Harvard uh scientists of all time, Dr. Walter Willett, called the fertility diet that really focuses in on this whole idea of why we have so much infertility and why it's such a problem. So this is this is this is an area where I get nuts because f- from a functional medicine perspective, it's it's relatively straightforward to sort through this using a very detailed history, the right kinds of diagnostic tests that you wouldn't get at your regular doctor. Using a a food first lifestyle approach, fixing the basic things you need to get fixed, whether it's diet, toxins, you know, allergens, low grade gut issues, it all can drive problems. Uh, And we just see amazing results. And it's so satisfying. And, you know, I think your work is just so incredible, Liz. And I'm just so happy we're. All here at the Ultra Wellness Center because we get to see miracles every day, and uh, they're really not miracles; they're just application <laughs> of good science, but they seem like miracles. And I and I'm just so happy to be able to do this and and provide this in the world. And and I just want to thank you for your amazing work uh, teaching functional medicine all around the world, virtually now, of course. But <laughs> you really have been a leader in the field, and we have. You know, probably over sixty years of collective experience here at the Ultra Wellness Center and Functional Medicine. So, if you're suffering from any of these issues, we'd love to see you here at the Ultra Wellness Center in Lenox. We can do all virtual visits now. People can't make it here in person, um, and we'd love to see you. So, if you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Uh, share on social media, leave a comment. And maybe you've struggled with fertility or PCOS and have you solved your problems and what have you found and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, And we'll see you next time on The Doctor's Pharmacy. Thank you, Mark. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Hyman. Thanks for tuning into The Doctor's Pharmacy. I hope you're loving this podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do and introducing you all the experts that I know and I love and that I've learned so much from. And I wanna tell you about something else I'm doing, which is called Mark's Picks. It's my weekly newsletter. And in it, I share my favorite stuff from foods to supplements to gadgets to tools to enhance your health. It's all the cool stuff that I use and that my team uses to optimize and enhance our health. And I'd love you to sign up for the weekly newsletter. I'll only send it to you once a week on Fridays. Nothing else, I promise. And all you have to do is go to drhyman.com forward slash picks to sign up. That's drhyman.com forward slash picks, P-I-C-K-S, and sign up for the newsletter, and I'll share with you my favorite stuff that I use to enhance my health and get healthier and better and live younger longer.
0: Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, you can visit ifm.org and search their Find a Practitioner database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, who's a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.